Future Proof with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Hello and welcome to Future Proof, the podcast. This is the show where we take a closer look at the world around us. I'm Jonathan McRae. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us, science at newstalk.com, or you can find us on Twitter. We're at News Talk Science. Now, while nuclear energy is arguably the most efficient and clean energy we have right now, it comes with fear and, of course, the very real problem of waste. Where do you put spent nuclear rods? Well, in Finland, the answer is deep, deep underground. Joining me now is Erika Benke. She's a journalist based in Finland who wrote about this for the BBC. Erika, welcome to the programme. Uh, if you might uh, um, start off by telling us, why is spent nuclear fuel so hazardous in the first place? Well, it's uh, highly radioactive. So when it comes out of the uh, reactor, it can basically kill you. So if a human comes in in uh, close proximity, you will be dead, not instantaneously, but within a few days. And the weird thing with nuclear is that you don't feel a thing. So the symptoms will come several hours later or a day or two later, and then eventually it results in death. So spent nuclear fuel rods need to be kept out of reach for an incredibly long time, 100,000 years. So, so that poses a very real problem, right? How big are these nuclear rods and where are they stored at the moment? Well, at the moment, the International Atomic Energy Agency says that there's about 250,000 tonnes of spent nuclear fuel around the world. That's quite a lot because if you remember nuclear power stations, we've, we've been having them since the 1960s. So mm. a fair amount of, of spent nuclear fuel rods have accumulated all over the world. And they are in interim storage, which usually means water pools very, very close to the reactors. So they are on site, usually on the same site where the reactor is. And um, a a smaller part of it is is kept in so-called dry casks, but most of it is in in water. But of course, it's not, not exactly... Uh, It's a temporary solution. So most experts agree that something needs to be done about them. So they need to be placed somewhere else rather than um, sitting in in a pool of water next to the reactors. Yeah. And of course, as we've seen with uh, Fukushima, that uh, earthquakes um, and other unpredictable events um, could potentially disrupt or or, um, release some of this uh, spent nuclear uh, waste, which is is hugely problematic. So mm. the the idea in Finland is to bury it deep underground. Tell me a little bit about this um, this project uh, by Passiva, the construction company. So the idea is to bury them 450 meters below the ground in the bedrock. So it's a very stable rock formation. It's deep on the ground, but it's not just the bedrock. There are three barriers. The first one is they, the spent fuel rods will be encapsulated. So there's an encapsulation plant where they're going to be kind of wrapped up. So first of all, they're going to be put into a iron, a cast iron shell. And then that shell will be put into copper, five centimeters, so quite thick copper. And then those kind of capsules, the top, will be welded onto them and then they will be lowered by shafts, so basically in an elevator, to a service area 437 meters below the ground, which is like a big kind of chamber, very sort of spacious, very well lit at the moment. And then that's where these um, robotic vehicles will pick them up 
and they will be lowered into deposition holes along uh, deposition tunnels. Now, um, when they are lowered, so each capsule will have its own hole, and when they are lowered into that hole, they will be wrapped again, so the hole will be filled with bentonite clay, which is a water-resistant kind of clay, bentonite. So there are three layers, three protective layers, basically the copper, the bentonite clay, and then the bedrock. The rock, the bedrock in, in, in Finland, in, in Western Finland, in this, in this place is very, very hard. It's two billion years old. It's very hard. And that was one reason why they, they cited this facility here. They, geologists agreed that this was the most suitable location in Finland because of the rock. So it's a mixture of two rocks, magnetic, nice rock. Because after each disposition tunnel is, is filled, so when each little hole has, uh, they, they, they are eight meters long, by the way. So when they are lowered into their holes, the hole itself backfilled with bentonite clay. And when each hole has its own little canister, the entire tunnel is backfilled with clay. Right. So that sounds like um, the, the idea there, of course, is to um, reduce any chance of corrosion of of the iron um, or degradation of the copper by having the this sort of triple lock system. How yeah. confident are the scientists and engineers that have designed this system that this nuclear waste will stay non-hazardous and where it's supposed to stay without leaking? And for how long? Well, um, there is, um, so most scientists are fairly confident, but there is a body of opinion. There are some scientists in Stockholm, in Sweden, who have raised um, concerns. They say that the copper might corrode when it comes to contact with groundwater. Um, Posiva, the company who's building Onkolo, rejected these claims. Of course, they, they've done their own experiments. They have they say they, they took into consideration all possible safety scenarios, including the copper corrosion. And they say that copper will not corrode under anaerobic conditions, that is, in the absence of oxygen. Right. Okay. So um, how long are these capsules expected to stay there? Well, 100,000 years is the, is the idea. Wow. Wow. So it's just quite uh, astonishing, isn't it? If you think about it, I mean, uh, even even a thousand years or even ten thousand years, how do you plan for that? So that's a fascinating side of this story. So how do you, do you communicate the potential danger to humans for the next one hundred thousand years, or perhaps not humans, because we don't know who comes after us in the <laughs> yeah. next one hundred thousand years? But how do you communicate? Because chances are that within Within, say, 10,000 years, all, all records of Onkalo will probably be lost. And then yeah. the danger is still there for 100,000 years. So how do you stop people from digging? Or how do you stop people from accidentally finding this? Um, so it's a fascinating um, angle of this story that, um, you know, I was thinking about it a lot when I was driving there. I'm usually really happy. And this time I was just a bit nervous or apprehensive when I was approaching Onkalo. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. The sun was shining and birds were singing. And it was uh, in the middle of May. And nature just looked its best, you know, the Finnish, you know, Nordic countries when spring comes back, it just comes back so suddenly and it's so beautiful. 
And I was thinking, why the hell am I? Why am I feeling so weird? And then I realized that, and I was looking at the countryside, and I was looking at these little houses, and I was thinking, what will it look like in a hundred thousand years? Will, will there be people? Will they will they be using a language? Will they be speaking Finnish? And you're kind of you have this moment of real realization that we are so small, we are so tiny, and somehow I'm connected to a hundred thousand years, and and you know it's just quite quite an astonishing thought. Do you know? Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't really thought about that. And when we look at you know uh, human civilization, you know. 6,000, 8,000 years, uh, you know, of, of modern history, really, like going beyond that. And we have a very, very simple, um, uh, you know, understanding of, of, of the world around us. Um, mm. uh, I suppose it's, it's, not, it's not surprising that you, you felt this sort of existential uh, feeling because we are talking about yeah. such yeah. a long time. We're talking about waste that sticks around forever. But um, this is uh, waste from a system that is providing um what a third of um the the energy uh for all of um finland mm. um and so so there is huge benefits to using nuclear the question is is this the best way to do it are there other um attempts to to grapple with this problem elsewhere and 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 what are the other approaches to to dealing with spent nuclear fuel so a lot of countries are looking at similar solutions so burying waste in in um, in the bedrock so like france the united states the uk uh, sweden sweden actually is the second country that has issued the swedish government in january 2022 approved the um, establishment of a similar of, of the same so basically a, a site based on the same principle as the finnish um, site so sweden will probably become the second who that will dispose of nuclear waste um, by burying it in the bedrock. There are some other ideas, but uh, they they kind of they sound a bit like science fiction. So that there were that there was an idea to to send them to space. So, so they use rockets to to send it uh, into yeah. space. But uh, what happens if it falls back? So it may not be a very uh, sensible idea. So I don't think uh, there's any movement on that. And then. Um, there, there was also an idea that maybe it should be buried deep, deep, deep uh, under the sea, sea floor, so in kind of uh, fault lines. But again, <laughs> you know. yeah, that doesn't sound like a. I mean, I'm, I'm not a geologist. Maybe, maybe fault lines are the best place to, to to put this sort of fuel. But you were talking about the bedrock there, and with this plan of Fosiva, like, it, do they know about fault lines and movement? Because over a hundred thousand years, it's difficult to predict that both the climate change uh, and the geographical and geological changes that may happen in that time. Yeah, so they say uh, that they they studied all possible scenarios, including uh, the the uh, the risk of earthquakes, which right. is very low in Finland. So it's a very very low seismic area of the world, and um, of course the, the 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 geologists who are building Bosiva, they they were telling me that the actual deposition holes where they put these canisters are the most stable parts of that bedrock so they they are avoiding all fractures in, in in the rock when they when they chose the exact locations and um right. there, there is a high chance that um the there will be another ice age coming within the next 100,000 years which um 
which could be a problem because there there will be two or three kilometers thick layer of ice on top of Onkalo at that point. So that that will put a pressure on the Earth's crust. And that won't trigger, apparently, um, earthquakes in itself. But when the ice age is over and the Earth's crust, again, begins to inch upwards, that's the moment when earthquakes will be possible. But they say that even they err on the side of caution even with that. So by putting the 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 uh, canisters in the least vulnerable places of this bedrock, they they say that yeah. it's still going to be safe. It will withstand uh, the power of the uh, Earth. I, I don't see the population of Earth from a human's point of view anyway surviving uh, an ice age in any great numbers. So, um, I, you know, if it is released... I don't really see a huge amount of of issue because the the, the nature around that area may be affected, but I would imagine mm. um, nature will will re- will return without humans uh, just fine uh, in a hundred thousand years or even two hundred thousand mm. years. But what about the locals? How do they feel about this this plan? Because it does sound like one of the best approaches to getting rid of this um, nuclear waste, but it still has to be transported there, and mm. if. Uh, is it, is Finland planning on opening this up? Because you mentioned two hundred and fifty thousand tons. It sounds like a lot, but con- considering yeah. it's the spent nuclear fuel across the entire world, if yeah. Finland have a lot of storage, you know they could outsource their uh, their facility to to the world. I, I think two hundred and sixty thousand tons is not a lot. And if you find a good yeah. um, facility, you could probably store quite a lot in one of those things. I, is Finland planning on importing spent nuclear rods? Um, not at the moment. No. There has there has been no conversation about that, and they say that Onkalo has room for five thousand five hundred tons. Okay. Um, is so that all? All right. Okay. That's, that's not an awful lot compared to two hundred and fifty thousand. No, but no, 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 no. there's not. But um, locals are generally very supportive. So Onkalo is very very close to Olkiluoto, which is basically Finland's biggest nuclear power station it has three reactors so it's like a two-minute drive from all kiluoto so the transportation is not a huge issue having said that finland has two other nuclear power stations in the east of the country in a place called lovisa it's a little bit further away but um um it's not terribly far either so and all the nuclear waste that finland's nuclear reactors produce all the spent nuclear fewer roads will come here to Onkolo. But because the uh, Olkiluoto plant is so close, many, many people, like the, uh, I would say that more than half of the people who live in the area uh, have their jobs with, uh, you know, Olkiluoto or Posiva. Yeah. Or, or or they have somebody in the family. So they, they are working for, for um, a nuclear business, as it were. So... They have been living with this for such a long time, and they've seen that it's all been, you know, running smoothly, and there have been no accidents. It's been safe. It provides safe jobs for their families. Yeah. So resistance to nuclear power in general in Finland is not is not significant at all. What about reducing the amount of waste that goes into the facility? Is there a way of processing? A high level, you know, a dirty nuclear waste into something smaller and cleaner? Yeah. 
So in some other parts of the world, uh, for instance, in India, they reprocess uh, spent fuel rods uh, before uh, before storing them, and the, 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 the process of reprocessing involves the the separation of plutonium and uranium from spent nuclear fuel. Now, this makes it safer because it, it reduces the overall volume of the waste. And of course, uh, scientists can reclaim uranium and plutonium, which can again be used to make fresh fuel. So at the moment, around a third of the world's nuclear waste uh, has been reprocessed, um, which can then be turned into glass. But there are others, that, there are critics who say that, that reprocessing, again, increases the risk of nuclear terrorism. And then that there's also a problem that vitrified waste, reprocessed waste, could dissolve when it comes into contact with groundwater. So the, the Finnish uh, experts that I spoke to at Possible, they, they say that um, they are not considering reprocessing. Two reasons for that. It's expensive, and technically speaking, it's not an easy process to do. But that there's also, even if you reprocess nuclear waste, there will still be some amount of high-level waste remaining. So something would need to be done with that um, in any case. Well, fascinating story. Thank you so much um, for reporting on it and joining us on the program. Erika Benke, who is a journalist based in Finland, writing about that for the BBC. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much for having me. And that's it from us on this week's program. The production team were producer Marisa Sullivan, research John Byrne, Steve Daunt and Huga da Silva on sound. Thank you for listening. Future Proof with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland. Sunday morning at 10 on News Talk.